this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Amen. Today we're looking at the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter number 9. 2 Samuel chapter number 9. We're going to begin reading with verse number 1. The Bible says, now David said, is there, is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? There was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, and king, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone in the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodibar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, Phibi for short, <laughs> when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth? He answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather. You shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself. He said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him. And you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now, Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both his feet. I'm using for my subject today, because you can. Because you can. Father, thank you for your infallible, your life-altering, life-changing, miracle-working once again today, I pray that your word will go forth in demonstration and in power. Holy Spirit, may you anoint the message, the messenger, anoint the ears. God, may we hear what the Spirit was saying to the church today, and may we put in practice what we receive. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and all of God's people said, praise the Lord, and you may be reseated this morning. Now, there are some things in life that we should do just because we can. Just because it is within our ability 
need to do. So today I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you today. Don't just do whatever is required of you. Don't just do what is expected. Don't just do the minimum, but do some things just because you can. I would challenge you today, be kind to those who are unkind to you. Why? Because you can. We challenge you today, be quick to apologize in order to restore a relationship, even when it's not your fault. Why would I want to do that? Because you can. I want to challenge you today. Encourage someone who's discouraged. Why? Because you can. Oh, let me challenge you today. Use your influence to help somebody get a position or a promotion. Use some of your assets to help someone who's struggling. Mentor someone who's coming along behind you. Honor someone who has gone before you. Why should you do all of these things? Yeah, because you can because you can. There are some things in life that we ought to be doing just because we can. Suggest, so first of all, because of our position. In our scripture for today, David held the position of king. Now, as king, David had rights, he had privileges, he had authority, all of this that came with his position. And David used these privileges to not only bless himself and to bless his family, but also he used them to bless others. David didn't forget those that had helped him along the way. He, he did not forget those that had, that had helped him in the past. And, and now that his present was so lucrative, everyone holds a position. You, you, you might say, Pastor, I don't hold a position. Yes, yes, everyone holds a position. There's the position of spouse. That's a position that most of you hold. Then there's the position of parent. There are people that are managers. There are people that are supervisors. There are people who are grandparents. Everyone holds a position, and most people hold many positions. But what we need to understand is that is with these positions comes rights and comes privileges and comes authority. I want to suggest two things that we should remember about our position. First thing we need to remember, that is that God placed us in our position for a reason. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7, he said, For promotion comes neither from the east or from the west or from the south, but from the Lord. From where? He said the promotion comes from the Lord. He said he puts down one and raises up. See, the position that we hold has been given to us by the Lord. And we are in our position by divine appointment, and God has placed us in our position for a reason. The Bible says that God orders our steps. The Bible says that God plans our way. We need to understand that nothing happens to us by mere chance or happenstance. The position that you hold, no matter how lowly that you may feel that it is, it has been given to you by God, and he has placed you in that position for a reason. And he wants to use you in that position to help carry out his divine plan. Second thing we need to understand about our position is this, and that is our position comes with responsibilities. Comes with responsibilities. 
Proverbs chapter 3 verse 27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Yeah. Jesus said it like this. He said, Where much is given, he said, Much will be required. You know, everyone loves to play armchair quarterback. And I'm including myself because I use the word everyone. But everyone loves to play armchair quarterback. Everybody loves to second-guess the leader. Everybody loves to, to criticize the decisions of the leader. You know, everyone is a self-appointed expert, even though they have had no, no formal training or practical experience. Yeah. But guess what? It just comes with the position. Somebody said, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. The truth of the matter is no one knows the load that, that the leader carries until they get into the position. I'll never forget many years ago now, my wife and I had pastored another church. We'd been there for 10 years, and, and we resigned the church and, 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 and went and did another ministry. But in the last five of those 10 years, our son Chad had become our youth pastor and worship leader. So, so five out of 10 years, my son served me on staff as my, as my youth pastor and my worship well, when my wife and I was in the church, the people put their heads together and said, well, you know, if we can't have senior, we're going to have junior. And so they went to my son and they asked my son if he would be interested in becoming the lead pastor. He was only 24 years old. Well, long story short, he became, became the pastor. He followed us uh, as pastor there. And, but I'll never forget about two weeks into his lead pastorship, about two weeks later, I get this phone call from my son. Now, my wife and I, we're out preaching revivals. We're out, we're out, we're out winning the world of Jesus. And, and I, about two weeks later, I get, I get a phone call from my son. My son said to me, he said, Dad, I owe you an apology. I said, why? I said, son, why in the world would you think you owe me an apology? He said, Dad, he said, I want to, I want to, I want to give, I owe you an apology. He said, he said, he said, I, I could have been a much better staff member to you than I was. He said, I don't apologize to you, Dad. He said, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand where you were at. I didn't understand your position. I didn't understand what, you know, the difference between where I was, my office and your office. And Dad, I didn't understand. Dad, I want to apologize. And he said, I want to say, Dad, I want to say I'm sorry for all the times that I questioned you. I want to say I'm sorry for all the times I came into your office and lied. I want to say, Dad, I'm sorry for all those times that I put unrealistic demands on you or, or requests. And then he paused for a moment. I'll never forget. He said, Dad, why didn't you tell me? Dad, why didn't you tell me? I said, son, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, Dad, why didn't you, why didn't you tell me? I said, why didn't I tell you about what, son? He said, why didn't you tell me about the pressure? I carried that load for many, many years. It was just second nature to me. I didn't really know what it was like not to carry that load. I, he said, Dad, why didn't you tell me about the pressure? He said, Dad, he said, Dad, I feel like somebody just took a load of bricks and placed it between my shoulder blades. Dad, why didn't you tell me? Now, positions come with pressure. They come with difficulties. They come with stress. They come with much responsibility. But they also come with perks. They also come with privileges. They also come with possibilities. See, there are things that you can do with the position that you could not do without it. 
Why should you be good to those that are under you in authority? Why should you leave them with grace and humility? Why should you be quick to promote them? Why should you be quick to pat them on the back? Why should you be willing to pay them well? Why? Because you can. God has placed you in a position to be a blessing, and so we should do it simply because you can. Not only should we bless others because of our position, but also because of our possessions. See, see, because David was king, his position brought him many possessions. Let me, say, let me say two things about our possessions. First of all, our abundance isn't all for us. It's true. King David used his possessions to bless others. Verse 1, David said, David said, Is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I might show kindness to him for Jonathan's sake? Is there someone in Saul's bloodline? Is there someone of the house of Saul? Is there somebody that I can bless? Is there something I can do for somebody? Amen. I'm going to do it because of Jonathan. I'm going to do it for Jonathan's sake. Is there somebody that I can take this abundance that I have, these possessions that I now have as king? Is there someone that I can bless in the name of my friend Jonathan? Amen. See, see Jonathan had been a dear friend today. He had protected David from the wrath of his very own father. Truth of the matter is, Jonathan had been more loyal and more helpful to David than David's own very own brothers had. And David hadn't forgotten him. And David used his position and the possessions that came with his position, he used that in order to bless others. David understood that our abundance isn't all for us. Well, there's a man in the Bible, he didn't understand that. He didn't understand that. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. Let's read that story. It's very familiar, but let's read it again. Jesus spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And the rich man followed in himself, saying, What am I going to do since I have no room to store my crop? Oh, don't you feel sorry for him? What a terrible predicament. He got more stuff than you got room for. What, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? Ah, he got an idea. He said, this is what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to pull down my barns and I'm going to build greater. And there I'm going to store all my crops and my goods. And I'm going to say to my soul, so you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your easy drink and be merry. Sounds like an American. But God said to him, of all the words God could use, God said to him, This night your soul will be required of you, then whose will those things be which you have provided? And so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I wonder why God called him a fool. Why did God call him a fool? Well, you know, because the matter of fact is man would call him a success. Man would place him in who's who. Man would, would place his picture on the cover of Forbes magazine. But God called him a fool. Listen, God, he called him a fool, but not because he was rich, and not because he had wealth, and not because of his, of his success, but because he didn't understand, he didn't understand what his possessions were for. 
need to understand the responsibilities that come with great wealth. He thought more is for me. But I ask you this morning, who could he have helped? I ask you this morning, what great causes could he have financed? I ask you this morning, how much is enough anyway? How much is enough? How much do we really need? I ask you this this morning, when does abundance turn into greed? Not one time does the man in this story say, who can I help? Not one time does the man in this story say, what eternal cause can I help finance? Oh, he didn't say, what impact can I make with my abundance? No, no, no. No, he said, I'm going to tear down the barns I have. I'm going to build bigger barns. And there I'm going to store. I'm going to store all my goods. I'm going to just stack it up. Stack it up. Higher, 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 higher. I'm just going to stack it up. Stack it up. Higher, higher, higher. And then I'm going to sit back and relax. And I'm going to live a good life. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm going to party hearty. Oh, let the world go to hell while I live it up. Let others struggle while I live off the interest. Pastor, why? Why should I give to others? Pastor, why should I give to missions? Why should I share some of my abundance? Because you can. God has blessed you with more than you need, but your abundance is not all for you. God has a purpose for your surplus. Write that down. God has a purpose for your surplus. Don't just keep stacking it up higher and higher and higher. Share some of it with those in need. Sow some of it in worthy ministries that are making an impact. Do it because you you might say, Pastor, I don't know who you're talking about this morning. You're sure not talking to me because I sure don't have an abundance. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe that's next week's message. <laughs> there's a lot of things, whether it's money or whatever. Listen, listen, we could give away joy. We could give away, give away you know, encouragement. Amen. Do it because you can. Here's the second thing we need to understand about our possessions, and that is we will be held accountable for what we did with what God gave us. Yes. We're going to be held accountable. See, it's not all about just getting you know, to heaven by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin, just, you know, if I can just barely make it in. Well, thank God you made it, but it's not just about going to heaven. But listen, one of these days, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we're going to give an account of everything that we did, and for every motive behind what we did and what we did not do. What we did with our money. Well, it was my money. No, the Bible says you're a steward. A steward is a manager of somebody else's property. Amen. None of it belongs to you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He just has lended some of his goods to you for a, for a period of time. What are you doing with what God gave you? You're going to have to give an account about what you did. Hey, Pastor, don't you say that a lot? Yeah, but one of these days when you stand at Judge Peter Christ, you're going to be glad I did. Has got any scripture? Yeah, I just happen to have some. Luke 12 and 48, everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. Yes. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. 
And then in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, different amounts of money was given to three different men. And the Bible says that all three of these men had to give an account as to what they did with the amount that they were given. All of us have been given a different amount. But one day we're going to have to stand before the Lord and one of these days we're going to have to give an account as to what we did with what he put in our hands. Will it be held accountable? Did we stack it up higher and higher and higher? Did we hoard it? Did we keep it all for ourselves or did we manage it wisely? Did we, did we hold it all for ourselves or did we do some of it to help others? Because of your abundance, you can be generous. Do it because you can. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Become sensitive to the nudging of the Holy Spirit. And listen, some of you that have more than you need, I would challenge you today. I would challenge you today. Place a $100 bill in the hand of a single mom. $100 doesn't mean much to you, but for that single mom that is struggling, that might be the difference between eating or not eating. Or pay your rent for a month if you're able to do that. Take a family out for Sunday dinner who can't afford it. You go out every Sunday. You know, you have the, 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 the weekly food fight and you get in the, in, the, in the car and fight over where you're going to go. You ask your wife, where do you want to go? And she says, I don't care, go anywhere. You start heading where she says, where are you going there? I don't want to go there. <laughs> go anywhere else. And so go start going somewhere. Where are you going there? I don't want to go there. Take a family out for, you go every Sunday, you don't even think about it. It's not even a luxury for you anymore, it's just a, a manner of life. Take a family out for Sunday dinner, who goes home and eats bologna sandwiches every Sunday after dinner, after service. Buy a reliable used car for somebody that needs transportation, they can't even get to work. They're going to lose their job because they don't have dependable transportation. Buy a, a used, reliable used car for somebody. Get two or three buddies to go in with you if you need to. Listen, I've done it many times, and most of the time it's been with somebody else's help, and two or three of us went together. And man, when we're able to present, I'm not talking about off of the showroom. I don't even do that for myself. I'm talking about, you know, just some old Peter man that they may not look like much, but man, you know, it's dependable. It'll get them, it's a whole lot better than what, what they do have. And all the joy that comes in the, the expression that comes uh, upon their upon their face, but all of a sudden they realize I've got a way to get to work. I'm going to be able to keep my job. I'm going to be able to keep a roof over my head. Amen. Do it because you can. Become a helper, not a hoarder. A sower, not a stacker. Do it because you can. Some things in life that we should do just because we can. Not just because of our position and not just because of our possessions, but also because of our passion. The Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. David had a passion for God. His heart was similar to God's heart, and especially in the scripture for today. He sought for someone to bless. He looked for somebody that he could give to. He said, he said, is there anyone left in the house of Saul? Is there somebody that I can bless for Jonathan's sake? Let me know God is a giver. 
The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave God is a giver. God's passion is to give. Luke chapter 12 and verse 32 says, it is, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We too are people after God's own heart. Our passion will match the passion of our heavenly father. Another word for passion is the word desire. Let me suggest two things about our desires. First of all, our desires are a clue as to what we should be doing. Psalm 37 and 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. John 15 and verse 7 says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it will be done for you. Now, these are two of the most misquoted and misunderstood verses in Scripture. People twist, turn, manipulate, make these Scriptures say what they don't say. Usually, the first half of these scriptures is totally omitted. People say, you know, the Bible says I can have anything my heart desires. The Bible says that God will give me whatever my heart desires. Well, no, not really. Don't take it out of context. And don't emphasize the wrong part of these verses. And don't use one part of the verse without using the other part. They all go hand in hand. Well, here's what we need to understand in light of these two verses. First of all, our desires are caused by our environment. Our desires are caused by our environment. When I walk in the flesh, I desire what my flesh desires. Tomorrow I can walk through the Cadillac dealership and I wouldn't find one of the Cadillac. <laughs> When I walk in the flesh, I desire what my flesh desires. When I walk in the Spirit, I desire what the Spirit desires for me. Big difference. Yes. This is why it is so hard to flesh out on Monday what our Spirit committed to on Sunday. Our desires are caused, or maybe an even better word, maybe you just strike out the word cause, maybe a better word would be cultivated. Our desires are cultivated by our environment. Let's read these two verses, placing the emphasis on the first part of the verses instead of the last. Psalm 37 and 4, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. See, the desires of my heart are changed when I am delighting myself in the Lord. When I'm delighting in the Lord, when I'm spending time in His presence, when I'm praying, when I'm reading His Word, when I'm praising Him. Listen, listen, when I'm in His presence, when I'm in His presence, He places His desires for me in my heart. It's not that I can just be bought through life and I can just, whatever my heart desires, God's going to give it to me. No! Now, but when I spend time in His Word, when I spend time on my knees, when I spend time in His presence, when I spend time worshiping and praising Him, oh, when I delight myself in the Lord, then He puts His desires for me in my heart. Amen. He gives me the desires of 
When I don't delight myself in Him, when I'm, when I'm absent from His presence, my fleshly desires show up in my heart. Let's look at John 15 and 7 again. Again, let's focus on the first part of the verse. If, say if. If you abide in me and my words, say my words. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. It's not that I can just go bebopping through life and I can just, you know, whatever I desire, I can have it. No, no, no. When I abide in the Lord and I allow the Lord to abide in me, I will ask what I desire. Why? Because I desire something totally different when I'm walking in the Spirit than I do when I'm walking in the flesh. There's a big difference in what my desires are when I'm abiding in Him and when I'm not abiding in Him. Only when I'm abiding in Him and He's abiding in me, only then will my desires match His desires for me. And I'm going to tell you, the only way that God's going to give you the desires of your heart is if your desires match His desires for you. And the only way that your desires are going to match His desires is if you spend time in His presence. Walk in the Spirit and not walk in the flesh. Only then can I ask for whatever I desire and receive whatever I desire because only then will what I desire match his desire for me. Well, there are some things in life that we should do just because we can. And we can if, say if, yeah. we can if our passion matches God's passion. And this will only happen, once again, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, if we abide in him and his words abide. I challenge you today, start doing some things simply because you can. Your position, your possessions, your passion allow you the ability and the assets and the authority to make things happen for people that wouldn't otherwise happen for them. Start looking for ways to bless people. Start looking for opportunities to make a difference. Do it. Because you can. Homework assignment. Yes, there is homework today. Your homework assignment for this coming week is help somebody. Help somebody. Why? Here's your homework assignment this morning. Encourage somebody. Why should you encourage somebody? Here's your assignment for the week. Forgive somebody. Why? Bless somebody. Why? Our takeaway today is this. And it's powerful. Don't miss it. If you can and you don't, is that okay? If you can, it's within your power. It's within your ability. You have the position. You have the possessions. You, if you can and you don't, is that okay? The last part of our takeaway is this. If you can and you won't, is God pleased? James 4.17 says, whoever knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him 
Wow. Those of you that think that I said sell all that you have and give to the poor and come follow the Lord, you didn't hear what I said. <laughs> I was talking about what this morning? Abundance, right? Yes. I was talking about our abundance. If you're going to be baptized in water this morning, you can go out this door right here with Pastor Chris and get ready. We have, I think, five or six to baptize today. I don't know how many are in this service. Five or six to baptize this morning. So if you're going to be baptized in water, follow Pastor Chris. Father, I thank you once again today for your word today. God, you have blessed us through your word today. Lord, I'm not, not, not talking about the sermon that I have put together this morning. I'm talking about the, 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 the message that is in my heart today. God, I just pray today, Lord, you'll use the word. Use the word today to do what needs to be done. 